Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. This episode is brought to you by Aries Academy. Aries Academy is the most complete sports vision at-home training program in the country. Aries Academy was developed for athletes by optometrists by combining traditional tried and true vision therapy techniques with the most cutting edge sports vision programs in the market. Aries Academy has many different programs for all types of athletes to develop their visual and neurocognitive systems. Head to www.ariesacademy.com for their one week free program if you're interested in learning more about what sports vision training is all about. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We are going to be joined by a very special guest later, our own vision therapist, which is super exciting. But, But before that, let's talk about our weekly insight, which is UV protection. We always talk about UV protection when it comes to the summertime because everyone is spending so much time outdoors, but it is equally as important to protect your eyes in the winter, especially if you are in a snowy environment. The glare that comes off of the white snow is really harsh on the eyes. Uh, So this is just your gentle reminder that you should be wearing UV sunglasses all year round and especially in those times when the snow has fallen and that glare is nothing to be messed with. Great reminder, Dr. Z. I know I'm guilty of this. I'm really great in the summertime about my sunglasses, but in the winter I get a little lazy. I've been trying to be good and keeping up here in the car because um, even when you're driving, you're actually getting a lot of UV through the, the windshield also. So it's a good opportunity to block those eyes from the sun. Now, on today's episode, we are being joined by one of our own vision therapists, Pam, who is going to be sharing a wonderful case with us of a patient that we saw and treated in our office with vision therapy. Welcome to the podcast, Pam. Hi, Pam. Welcome officially to the podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you got started in vision therapy and all things about Pam. Okay. Well, you know, actually my, my start to vision therapy kind of came about by accident. I had been working for an orthodontist in Stony Brook and was looking for a shorter commute. So I started looking in the Riverhead proximity for an orthodontist and uh, an orthodontic practice that was looking for, um, for help. And in with that was vision therapy, I guess, optometry, both O's, I don't know, but somehow it was lumped together. And I never heard of vision therapy like so many people. So it just really perked my interest to read up on it a little bit. And I said, oh, you know, this is like really interesting. So that was, um, you know, my resume went out and that was the beginning of vision therapy for me. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say Pam was, we called her our Indeed unicorn because we the ad was out on Indeed and for anybody listening, you get a lot of resumes back on that platform. Most are not great, but Pam's came through and we were like, Ooh, she sounds pretty cool. Let's bring her in for an interview. And here we are three years later. Right. And you have from the get-go been our vision therapist, but you have also completed recently, I guess it's almost been a year actually at this point that you're a certified vision therapist through um, COVD, which is so, so wonderful and such an accomplishment. Uh, So we're so proud of you that you've done that. And we 
just want to highlight that that you've really worked hard uh, in the therapy room to learn and to really make our practice what it is because you're working with the patients day in and day out. Uh, so we are just so happy to have you on our team and for our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. So we're excited to share this case that you brought to us of a vision therapy patient that you worked with frequently in our office. So I'm going to give a little background on this patient because I saw them for their initial evaluation. Uh, So this patient was a 79-year-old woman, and she came in complaining of double vision. She was really unsure of how long it had been going on for, but it was really starting to interfere with her life. Uh, The double vision would occur intermittently throughout the day, would worsen when she was tired. So there were times in the morning that she saw single, uh, but usually later towards the end of the day, double vision would really start to increase. It would occur both in the distance and up close. And she described that it would usually start off vertically, but then it would start to become oblique in nature where one image would kind of start to slowly then shift up into the right over. Um, She noted that she had a history of cataract surgery about five years ago, and maybe the double vision started after that, but she was really unsure. She had seen other various providers for this double vision with no real answers given. She'd been given some glasses prescriptions with prism in them to try to alleviate it, but she had never filled them. She was a little hesitant about wearing prism, and she was kind of seeking more of an answer and an alternative option to what was going on with her double vision and how to fix it. So when she came in to see me, I saw right away that she had what we call a vertical deviation. So vertically, the eyes were misaligned, where the right eye image was a little bit lower than the left eye image. And then also horizontally, her eye alignment was very reduced, especially at near. She had convergence insufficiency, where the two eyes up close had a really difficult time converging or pulling in as much as they should. Um, Upon further testing, she even was seeing double vision on some of my testing or would flip into just completely shutting off that left eye which is sometimes a mechanism of the brain to help alleviate double vision. It doesn't like it, so it'll just start to shut off the image of one eye, which was leading to decreased 3D vision on her part as well. So I talked to her a little bit about some options moving forward. Um, I did a few various measurements of her vertical deviation, and it was rather large, a little larger at near than at the distance. So we talked about when you have both a vertical and horizontal misalignment, we really have to address both components, right? So to help the eyes align vertically, that's where PRISM really comes into play because it can take the image of what one eye is seeing and shift it up or down to better match what the other eye is seeing. Um, And then at least we have the two eyes on the same horizontal playing field, right? So I told her, let's try a little bit of PRISM. I know it's been talked about in the past and you've never tried it, you were hesitant, but I, I really think that this is going to be a component of your treatment plan moving forward. So we have this really great tool at our disposal called Fresnel Prism, which is essentially like a temporary prism. It's kind of like a stick-on prism, um, which is really great to allow patients to trial prism without fully committing to getting it ordered within a pair of glasses. So I ordered her a few different options to trial based on the measurements I had taken, um, keeping in mind that her double vision was fluctuating throughout the day, right? So the measurements I was getting at the time of my exam I had actually seen her mid-morning, likely wouldn't match the measurements I would have gotten if I saw her later on in the day when she was fatigued. So I ordered myself a few different options based on my assessment. And I saw her back for a follow-up and we trialed a few different amounts of PRISM and we found one that she seemed to be most comfortable with. And I applied it to one uh, of her lenses in her current glasses that she had. And I had her trial for about a two week period and then saw her back to assess how her symptoms were through that trial of PRISM. And she said that it was helping her double vision. It was still occurring sometimes, but it was more horizontal in nature. The eyes were now more on a 
vertically aligned, so they were on more of a horizontal playing field. And so from there, I then talked to her about how we help the eyes align better horizontally, which would be through a course of vision therapy. So I talked to her at length about vision therapy. She was a little skeptical of that at first. She had not really heard of it, and other providers she had seen had either not brought it up to her or had told her it wasn't really a great option for her. Um, so I had some of those obstacles to kind of get over with her in the conversation. Um, but we discussed how we can kind of retrain the brain to teach the two eyes how to work together better horizontally. And that I have seen if you really work with patients to stabilize them horizontally, sometimes that helps that vertical work itself out a little bit. And sometimes it can lessen that vertical component. So she was on board and we initiated a course of vision therapy in our office which is where your care comes into play, Pam. Uh, so talk a little bit about your experience working with this patient in vision therapy, um, kind of what your goals were for her and how you approached her. Okay, um, well, you know, initially um, about as hesitant as she was to try the prism, she was also very skeptical of vision therapy and what it would do for her. So frequently throughout the course of her program, um, I received a lot of questioning on, on the benefit and how, how it would affect her in the long run, um, especially with her driving. She was very, very concerned with her driving, um, you know, because it's with that comes a loss of independence, which I can understand. So she also divulged that she didn't really care to wear her glasses as much as she probably should have because she was really, really concerned about that prism. So we really stressed how important it was to wear her, her glasses in therapy, but, but also at home and in, in life. So she did, you know, she did respond to that and she did start wearing the glasses. She did say it, start saying that she was noticing a difference with the glasses alone. And then, you know, then as the vision therapy really kicked in, um, she started to see improvement. So I started her off. Um, we really were working with a huge, huge emphasis on her horizontal virgin's ability. We started off with VTS work her first session actually we worked with vts and i was thrilled to see that she actually performed in a pretty normal range right and then we added in brock string work again she she didn't do terribly here but she was able to get it in the near beat into about eight to ten inches so okay we, you know i was encouraged that we have a lot to work with here and what was great was she was able to recognize the um the switch between the the convergence and the and the, and the divergence pull I was just yeah. to say, I really like that you highlighted that because especially someone who's a bit skeptical about mm -hmm. vision therapy, getting them aware of what their eyes are doing and how their eyes are doing really is a benefit because it, then they could gauge their progress through therapy, mm -hmm. right? She And she was a patient that I'm sure noticed that 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 near bead was inching in closer towards her nose as you progress through therapy, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, then my plan for her was to start to incorporate some horizontal prism work in. We, I wanted to add in a good amount of oculomotor uh, activity, but also for her, um, what was important was adding, I felt some motion being, whether it's uh, head turns or a lot of like walking, different motions, um, the pegboard spinning because she was so concerned with the driving I wanted to try to desensitize her a little bit to the motion that was bothering her around her so we did very quickly actually get into she was using the um the two prism I would say by 
about halfway through her program. She was able to work pretty comfortably with the two prism and was able to get that near bead into about four inches, which was a huge jump. Then we also added in uh, a lot of metronome work because we then at that point, we really, really were stressing. But I would say like the second half of her 24 session um, treatment program, we really were working hard at her recoveries, adding in even more motion and including the metronome to try to speed things up more. So she was, she, I mean, she did phenomenal by towards the end, she was able to get through what through with a, a three prism and keep the, the near bead into about four inches at that point too, which is, I mean, going from 10, eight to 10 inches with four inches and, and a three prism was just a huge, huge accomplishment for her. One of the things I like to do with her is I kind of switched up some of our activities a little bit. Again, trying to add a little bit of motion in with it. I would do things like I would take two heart charts, place them on both two ends of the wall and encourage like the slight head turn back and forth to each thing, things like that. We did a lot of, of that type of activity with her. Um, and then, you know, end stage therapy, she was really, really recognizing that, you know, vision therapy is like a real, real thing. <laughs> and, it, and she was, you know, she just, she did terrific. She did, I think, show at the very end, she did maintain that three, three prism that you prescribed Dr. Lukasi, right? Yeah, Perfect. so, so yep. she, she stayed there, but she's she was feeling like just so comfortable, was able to drive again, was able to to read comfortably. And as a matter of fact, at the after she came in for her home vision therapy, after going through her last reeval with you, she was really happy to bring me a list of um, of books that she not only that she had read recently, but that she actually drove her car to go purchase. <laughs> all by herself. So she was so excited. Um, and it was just a really, really um, rewarding patient to work with. Uh, it, she really was. And I think uh, almost those patients that are a little skeptical at first can be more rewarding because you are putting that extra time in with that patient education piece and almost trying to like win them over right. and say, see, vision therapy does work. And it's not, you know, a quick overnight fix. It does take time. And so the patient and us have to really invest that time into the program and plan. And I just love that she not only came around, but, you know, had such huge changes in, in her life that she saw through vision therapy and was able to do so, so much more visually than she was initially. And when we did reevaluations with her, especially towards the end of her in-office program, there were huge changes in her findings. Her 3D vision had improved um, horizontally. She was much more stable in both directions with her convergence, her eyes pulling in and her divergence, her eyes pulling out. And along with that increased horizontal flexibility, her vertical deviation did decrease a tiny bit also. Um, so I actually had kept her in that same vertical prism amount. I didn't have to make any increases there throughout the therapy program. And she wasn't suppressing that left eye nearly as much as she had been on initial testing. So she was using both of the eyes at the same time and together much more of the time and was really not experiencing that double vision nearly as much throughout the day, even when she was fatigued and later on in the day. And I know that, you know, another piece to this is this is a, a patient who was a very, very high functioning. She was used to being able to function 
however she wanted to and be able to tackle any task that she could take on. She was a very intelligent woman and very motivated to be able to get back to doing things visually that she couldn't do anymore. And she was really frustrated by having limitations put on herself. And I know that's something that kind of came up in the therapy room a few times. And I, I know you really took your time with her to try to work through some of that because she was someone who sometimes had our time when we would present her with a challenging task that she couldn't initially do. She wanted to be able to do it right away, right off the bat. And you really developed a lot of great ways to kind of maneuver through that and work her through the program and let her know that it's okay if you can't do something right away. That's part, of, that's part of the process. We're teaching you new things. So talk a little bit about how you set her up for success with activities with that type of personality and mindset that she had. This episode is brought to you by Aries Academy. Aries Academy is the most complete sports vision at-home training program in the country. Aries Academy was developed for athletes by optometrists by combining traditional tried and true vision therapy techniques with the most cutting edge sports vision programs in the market. Aries Academy has many different programs for all types of athletes to develop their visual and neurocognitive systems. Head to www.ariesacademy.com for their one week free program if you're interested in learning more about what sports vision training is all about. Hero's Revive 2.0 is an award-winning cloud-based wearable platform that delivers real-time vision diagnoses. Based on a decade of clinical and scientific research at the University of Miami's Baskin-Palmer Eye Institute, this diagnostic health and wellness tool enables physicians to perform six vision diagnostic exams, including visual fields, contrast sensitivity, color vision, and dark adaptation. The lightweight, portable platform improves access to care as diagnostic exams can be performed anywhere at any time, even in remote locations. A designated dark room or testing space is not required, and the Revive's platform's visual field test shows strong correlation to the current gold standard of care. Six diagnostic exams, five CPT medical billing codes, and a single wearable solution. The new reality in vision care has arrived. To learn more about this versatile platform, follow at HeroVisionAI on Twitter and Instagram, or visit www.cheru.com. That's S-E-E-H-E-R-U.com. So a lot of times I would, um, if I, I would kind of shorten an activity and kind of present it as, you know, I'm not really expecting to get, to work to do this whole page today, but let's, let's just get it started and see how you're doing. And then as she's going through, I'm like, you know what, let's keep this up. You got, you got this. And she'd be very, very uh, encouraged. I would do that with a lot of things, whether it's the bead on the Brock string. I, I think we're going to probably keep it here today. And then she would start to say, no, I, I think we could bring it in a little closer. You know, um, she loved, she loved a good challenge because that's like, I think the way she, she lived pretty much. Right. You know, so. Right. No, I think that you did from my perspective, two really wonderful things. One, you really helped to manage her expectations within the therapy room um, so that she could feel that success. And that is really important with our, especially our adult patients, because they're acutely aware when they're not doing well and they want to do well and they want to be normal and they want to go back. Mm -hmm. Um, So by by doing just the way you present the activity is really important because if you said, I want, our goal is to get to here today and she didn't get there, she would leave the therapy room feeling defeated. But instead of saying, hey, let's just start here and maybe we can do better. And she was able to crush through that. It made her 
feel like she was accomplishing something and wanting to come back and get better at it. So that was the first thing I think that you did really well. Um, and then the second thing was by listening to her about the things that were important to her, like the driving, and by incorporating those things, like what, what do we do as we drive, right? We turn our head, we are looking back and forth. You have to constantly be changing your virgins, how you are you converging, diverging, how quickly can you recover from that shift? And you really tailored your therapy activities to emulate that situation. And that is really, really important for the therapist listening because sometimes we have people that play tennis or that we have people that play golf, right? And we have to change the visual environment within the therapy room to address those needs. And I think you did that really well with her. Now, from your perspective, what are maybe one or two things that you learned about her, uh, about therapy and being a vision therapist with this patient? Because I always say we learn from each of our patients. So what's one or two things that you, that you learned from this patient? Uh, I mean, you know, she was, she was a first for me in a few ways. Um, at first, she was the first patient that I've ever really had verbalize her skepticism. Um, and then to find her come full circle was just so fulfilling. Um, she's also, I believe, the first patient I've ever had to present with a vertical pedophoria. And, you know, in addition, and I have worked with, with some of her older patients before, um, but that presents you know, a, a bit of a different challenge too, because you want you want to approach them with like the the respect of of you know of an older person and not make them feel like like they can't do just because of their age, you know. So I was very conscious of that throughout um, throughout her program. Right, and I think that really shone through in the care that you gave because by the end we had really. We had really won her over and, you know, she saw all of those changes that were made in her visual system through the therapy that you gave her and really took that and applied it to her daily life and gained the independence back that she was so much seeking and so happy to get back because that was not something she was ready to let go of by any means. Um, so I love those takeaways that you took from the case. Um, and the wonderful, wonderful care that you provided to this patient. It was really wonderful to see on my end because I truly saw her for the initial evaluation, a midway evaluation in the end. And that was that was pretty much it. You really did most of her therapy care. Um, and it was just wonderful to see the changes made in her and the takeaways that you learned from this case. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Pam, and for sharing this case with all of us. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.